Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Feeling low on energy, feeling burnt out, then this episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs is for you. Tune in to this week's episode and listen to how to bounce back from burnout. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Feel a Million Dollars Even If You Are Just Scraping By workshop. In a world that conditions us to lack and limitations, this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them to move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandy j.com.au forward slash workshop or go to the episode notes and click on the link. So how can you bounce back when you are feeling completely worn out by the challenges that you're facing? Because bouncing back from burnout can be such a challenge. That's why this week's episode is all about self-care. If there is anything that is within your control it is finding ways that work for you to practice self-care one thing many women are great at is burning out because of the demands placed upon them women are naturally givers they give 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 until they have nothing left and then there is usually a high price to pay physically mentally or emotionally or all of those things combined and this is why it is vital to find self-care practices that work for you and make them a part of your daily habits. This episode was inspired by a very dear friend of mine who is dealing with the effects of being near burnt out because she has given so much of herself and has not found space and time to replenish. She is truly one of the most beautiful people that I know. She gives her all to everyone. Her heart is always wide open, pouring all she can into other people's lives to help them to shine their brightest. But she's not alone. She's not alone in giving her all and having people take advantage of this generosity. And this is something that I'll touch on as we go through this episode. 
I know there have been many times just in my own life where I have burnt out or been close to burning out because I have given my all and I am completely depleted. This type of neglect is common amongst women and this is why I am putting this topic out there. It is my hope that this episode will help you to stop putting your self-care off, waiting for that ideal moment to come along, that ideal moment that never or may never arrive. Or perhaps, you know, you're waiting for someone else to step in and give you that time to nurture yourself. But now whatever is going on in your life is the time to start making it a non-negotiable part of your life now. Not sometime in the future, not when somebody else gives you that time. You need to take that time now yourself. The danger of burnout is even more relevant for victims and survivors of abusive relationships because you are dealing with stressful challenges just to keep your head above water. You may literally be in survival mode, just scraping by, just hanging in there, just keeping your head above water, as I expressed before. Perhaps you don't have any respite from the behaviours of your abusive partner and you may be in a hypervigilant state because you are always on high alert, on your guard, watching and waiting for the next harmful, destructive, controlling behaviour to happen. At these times, it can seem impossible to fit in any self-care practices and I get that but it is essential to your health and your well-being to find a way to carve out some time somewhere for your self-care. This time that we are living in right now in this world that we live in whether you are a victim or a survivor of domestic abuse, know that we are all facing a whole lot of new sets of uncertainties and instabilities that are a drain on everyone's health and well-being. With the breakout of the Delta variant in Australia right now, we are dealing with a loss of freedoms in our current lockdown. And this is impacting on people's mental, physical, and emotional well-being. We have been granted five reasons to leave the home, and we are not permitted to travel further than five kilometers from our homes unless we have a medical need to do so. As so many businesses are closed, including restaurants and cafes that are only open for takeaway, people are left with nowhere to go to get out of their homes than to go to the supermarket or a grocery store, as it's called in America. So the supermarkets are the busiest they've ever been. They are the hot place to go right now. People actually 
feel jealous if you say, I managed to get out to the supermarket today. It's a funny life to be living when a trip to the supermarket becomes the event to look forward to for the week. But if that is what represents freedom, then don't resent that this is all that you have to celebrate. Just celebrate this freedom and accept it with a glad heart. Otherwise, you'll be robbing yourself of that freedom and you'll walk away from that experience feeling bitter and resentful. So try and find the positives in it. Um, you know, like at least you have money to go to the supermarket and buy groceries or Maybe at least you have come into contact with some people who are in the wider community and at least you have had a drive and you've had a chance to get out of your own four walls for a break to do something different. There are always positives to be found and the more you find these, the happier and the more content you will be in your life. Another freedom that has been taken at the moment is that children are not able to go to school. Parents are trying their best to help their children with remote learning at home while keeping up with their own jobs. As I'm creating this episode, I have my three kids home doing remote learning and I have to take my eldest off to have her first COVID vax today. As a parent of three teenage children, I find myself micromanaging my children just to get them up and engaging with their learning on time. And then there are the constant check-ins during the day. And on top of that, I must work hard just to get them to get out of the house once a day to go for a walk or a bike ride to exercise their bodies. It is far from ideal, the situation of having my kids home doing remote learning. But I know that they need to be home right now because the biggest spread of the new strain of COVID is largely with children at the moment but I will be so happy when they are able to go back to school and have that healthy routine back where they are getting more physical exercise in their day and they're socialising with their friends during school time instead of living on their devices. It's a constant struggle to get them to take breaks from their devices. This is the way that they socialise with their friends, that they connect with their friends is through all of their technological devices. So it's very, very hard to take them away from that when that's the only socialisation that they're getting at the moment. But then I have to remind myself that if that's all I must worry about or contend with, then that is nothing, absolutely nothing in comparison to what some people are going through. I have I take breaks from watching the news because it affects me and my energy and um, I have to be very, very careful as somebody who suffers from PTSD not to overload myself with 
watching the news all of the time. That's one of my self-care practices is that I um, I opt not to watch the news all the time because of the impacts that has on my PTSD. Um, it really exacerbates it for me. So I need to sometimes just switch off and just focus on what I can do with my life um, with the resources that I have on hand. But I have been watching the news lately and I just can't ignore what is happening in Afghanistan right now. I'm not going to delve into politics at all, but it is sobering to see the real loss of freedoms that is happening over there as thousands of people um, are having their freedoms taken away from them and they are fighting so hard to just be able to leave the country to for their safety so that they because they're in fear of their lives it's this is a devastating setback for girls and women with the very real risk that the freedoms that they've fought so hard to obtain are likely to be lost with this regime that is there at the moment. And they will more than likely return to a life of oppression and subjugation. So that's really heartbreaking to, to watch what's going on in Afghanistan. But I'm going to quote um, a person called Audrey Lord, who was an American writer, feminist, womanist, librarian and civil rights activist. She described herself as black lesbian, mother, warrior, poet, and she dedicated her life and her work to confronting and addressing injustices of racism, sexism, classism, capitalism, heterosexism and homophobia. Um, she says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare. She truly understood that you cannot pour yourself into life fully from a half-empty cup. And what of when that cup is almost empty because we are running on empty? What can we expect to pour into life at these times? Will it be the best of ourselves or will it be less than what we would wish to be able to give? I think that you know the answer. And the best-selling author of The Alchemist, Paolo Coelho, says, when you say yes to others, make sure that you are not saying no to yourself. His wise words clearly ask you to make your self-care the priority that it should be. So that being said, what is self-care exactly? What do I mean when I say self-care? Self-care is the practice of taking any action to preserve or improve your well-being. 
It's also about knowing when your resources are running low and giving yourself the time and space to recharge and take care of yourself. It sounds simple enough, but why do so many women forget to do this? The answer is simple. They just haven't scheduled it in. In other words, they haven't allocated time and space for self-care. So how do we change this? How do we stop from brushing self-care to one side? You make self-care a non-reschedulable appointment with yourself. Schedule it in your calendar and set reminders if needed. When working out what self-care looks like for you and when you are thinking about what to schedule in in the way of self-care, try looking at using the SMART method. So in the SMART method, if you're not familiar with it, S stands for specific, M stands for measurable, A stands for achievable, R stands for relevant, and T stands for time-bound. So just say, for instance, that you decide to meditate as a self-care practice. So let's get specific. Is this guided meditation or your own stillness meditation or is it a mindfulness, mindfulness meditation or is it a breath meditation? There are lots and lots of different sorts of meditation. So pick one that you would like to try. Get specific. Identify what this meditation will be. Next, you need to measure how often you want to do this. And you need to think about what's achievable. In other words, what works for you in your day-to-day life. When you think of relevance, think about what you are hoping to achieve by doing meditation. This will help you to determine what sort of meditation to do and how often to do it. And lastly, make it time-bound. So let's say you have decided you want to meditate every day for 10 minutes a day in the morning before you start your day for the next month, you have given it a time frame that will help to hold you accountable to your goal for this self-care practice. When you use SMART goals, you are less likely to fail. And that's why I'm encouraging you to use the SMART goal method when it comes to your self-care. When we set goals that are non-specific or vague, we are much more likely to fail and then we beat ourselves up for not succeeding at achieving what we hope to because we feel like we've failed because we haven't achieved it. SMART goals are much more intentional and well thought out. So this allows us to take everything into consideration and gives you a much, much better odds at actually succeeding and reaping the benefits of the practice, which is really the objective is to reap the benefits of the practice. So the practice itself is going to help you to reap those benefits. And the more that you're able to do the practice over time, you'll see the cumulative effect and 
you will see how that is transforming your life and helping to fill your cup up again. So now that we've established that, let's take a look at the different categories of self-care. First of all, let's explore mental self-care. Now, mental self-care activities are the things that help you to declutter your mind and reduce your stress levels. And they might be things like reading a book, doing some adult colouring, um, maybe decluttering a space, whether it's, you know, your office or your kitchen or just anywhere around your home. It might be um, it might be playing, sitting down and playing a board game with your kids. It might be something like doing a puzzle or engaging in some hobby that um, helps to make you feel good and helps you to feel calm and relaxed and positive. So there's some examples of some uh, mental health self-care activities and there are many, many more that you could be tapping into and doing. Now, victims and survivors can have overly full minds because they're always thinking, finding it very hard to switch off. So learning the art of mindfulness can be really helpful for the overly active mind. I have this saying, when your mind is full, it's time to be mindful. Mindfulness brings you back to the here and the now. And it could be simply by noticing and saying something that you see, something that you hear, something that you smell, something that you taste and something that you touch right now. So just if you just move through your five senses, don't worry about the sixth sense in this exercise, just focus on those five senses and name those things out loud. That will help to bring you back to the here and the now and it will really help with calming you down. So many victims and survivors of abuse relationships will grapple with things like anxiety, depression, PTSD, CPTSD and other mental health issues. This puts mental health self-care as a top priority. So find out what you need and what works for you and make it a non-negotiable. Now, I haven't even mentioned counselling here and counselling is something that I am a huge advocate for. Um, I, depending on where you are, you will be able to tap into different forms of counselling services. Um, we're very lucky here in Australia because you can actually access a mental health plan over here, which is subsidised by the government. Um, so if you go into your doctor, your GP, and you do an assessment with your GP for your mental health, you explain to your GP that certain things are making you feel anxious or depressed, then they will do a mental health care plan for you, which can get you onto some subsidised counselling where you won't have any out-of-pocket expense. So if money's a block for you with thinking that you can't tap into counselling services, if you live in Australia, there is this service available. 
If you live outside of Australia, then have a look, do some research and see what sorts of free counselling support services there might be where you live that you might be able to tap into and get that counselling support, which is hugely beneficial to mental health and mental health self-care. It's a wonderful form of um, self-care practice. Another thing may be to get into a support group, um, a support group where you can connect with people who um, are affected by the different types of things that you are struggling with and you can meet up and talk about, you know, where you are at. And if you can't find a meetup, which is face-to-face because of COVID, look for online groups. I also just will mention, if you're not a member yet of my Facebook group, Rise Up with Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, to please request to join. Um, There is a link in the episode notes for that. And Uh, I put in a lot of posts in this group to just support people with their self-care and encourage them and inspire them to do the things that they need to do to take the best possible care of themselves to live the best possible life that they can live. So I encourage you, if you're not a member, please come and join. You are very, very welcome. Okay, so that is um, probably enough on the mental health except to just say that mental health really, really should be a top priority. Find out what you need, okay, and what works for you and make it a non-negotiable. It will make the difference between you coping and not coping with the day-to-day life. So if you are experiencing things like um, anxiety, depression, or you uh, suffer from PTSD or some other diagnosed mental health um issue then really ongoing uh, support with this through professional services is um, probably you know going to be high up there on the list of things for you to do to incorporate to help you not to get to that stage of feeling as though you are ready to break down because you have not had enough support in that area. So I encourage you to please um, tap into support services wherever you can um, to help you with your mental health. Okay, I know how important my counselling has been to me in my own recovery journey. All right, so the next form of self-health, self-care, I think your pardon, that I want to talk about is spiritual self-care. Spiritual self-care can be anything that ignites a sense of sacredness inside of you. All spiritual self-care practices revolve around something you desire on some level. The need for connection, purpose and happiness are all components of spiritual self-care. Now, these are needs that we have. There are many forms of spiritual self-care, meditation, yoga, being in nature, finding a spiritual community, praying, connecting with your guides, performing rituals, performing acts of kindness and volunteering, just to name a few, okay? 
Um, now, I'm a very spiritual person, so I incorporate, you know, my spiritual side into the things that I do to help others. Um, and I've got a couple of things. I have an intuitive journal that helps you to strengthen your connection with your sixth sense, which is your intuition. This is that sense that is guided by your inner wisdom. Um, learning to trust in your intuition is very important after you have been through an abusive relationship as you really need to rebuild your self-trust after you have been made to second-guess your better judgment. So if you would like to access a copy of my uh, journal, the Intu Intuitive Journal, then just visit um, www.sandyj.com.au slash keys to success. And um, as you know, I explore um, my spiritual side and I want you to explore your spiritual side too. So it could be more than one of these practices that you want to incorporate into your life. It's really up to you to think about what's going to work best for you. And as I said, keeping everything in line with everything else that's going on in your life, because when you, it's, it's much better for you to be consistent and only spend 10 minutes a day on self-care than it is to take out an hour of self-care once a month because that 10 minutes is, it's a bit like, you know, interest in a bank, it adds up and it accrues and it's just, you're going to reap the benefits of it because you're constantly topping up your cup rather than waiting for your cup to run down to nothing and then going, oh, I've got to do something to refill it. And by the time you get to refill it and you've allowed yourself an hour to do that, your cup's only going to come up to maybe quarter full or half full. You're not able to get it filled up to the top. But if you're doing just small amounts of self-care every day, you're going to get your cup topped up bit by bit by bit and before you know it it's going to be topped up to the top and then you're going to be able to really go through your days feeling empowered because you're not running on empty okay so as I said to you being a very spiritual person I incorporate spiritual practices including energy healing and intuitive angel card readings in some of the things that I do when I work with women this is not a sales pitch at all okay this is just to let you know that this is an area that I work in and get great results for my clients with so Next on our list of self-care things is emotional self-care. Emotional self-care includes identifying your feelings and rather than trying to avoid them or fix them, learning to stay with those feelings and honour them before moving forward. Things that you may like to try in the way of emotional self-care are positive affirmations, Try and find one that speaks to you in a way that it sounds natural and you feel energetically aligned with it. Remember, all emotions are valid. So give yourself an opportunity to laugh 
and cry. And if you have a pet, connect with it lovingly and give it a cuddle. Maybe watch a feel-good movie. Emotional self-care can be a tricky one as we can't always schedule this in. One day we may be feeling great and the next day something may happen to bring us down. We might feel like bawling our eyes out, but we don't want to do it in front of the kids because we think it might frighten them. Now, I just want to say it's okay for kids to see that we have our ups and downs so that they feel okay to express their feelings and not suppress them. But those days when we feel like curling up into a ball and crying our eyes out, Perhaps try and get through the day and after the kids are in bed and you have you time, then let yourself curl up into that ball and let the tears flow. Emotions are the one time where smart goals may not be the right method. Just trust in yourself to know whether to be in the moment with that emotion or hold it for a time until you have your own personal space to fully let it out. Okay, let's look at physical self-care. Physical self-care centres around the health and well-being of your body. We may be spiritual beings, but we are made up of physical bodies. So we need to learn ways to take care of our physical bodies and any special needs that our physical bodies may have. Some examples of ways that you can take care of your physical fitness involve good nutrition, daily exercise, yoga, massages, and warm baths, just to give you a few ideas. Each area of your self-care is vital, but when we run ourselves into the ground physically, it can be a long, hard road to recovery, and this will impact on every other level of our well-being. And it is a massive topic to cover, so I'm not going to go into minute detail about every aspect of physical self-care. The thing about physical self-care as is for all areas of self-care, is learning what you need to be in good health so that you can give your best to all areas of your life. So when it comes to nutrition, it's good to have an understanding of what your body can and cannot tolerate. Many people are addicted to sugar and carbohydrates that ironically convert to sugar. It's, I'm not a nutritionist um, and I'm not going to preach that you have to be vegetarian or vegan. Personally, I'm a flexitarian. As a flexitarian, I choose to prepare and eat largely vegetarian dishes, but I will occasionally have meat if I'm visiting family or friends. And just recently, my children have started wanting more meat in their diet again. So I'm starting to have meat come back into the house. The emphasis for me in my meal preparation is really good nutrition and a balanced diet. I am really big on making sure that we get a variety of fresh vegetables in our diet every day. 
Another thing I like about eating vegetarian is that it is more sustainable for the planet and is actually more economical than having meat in the weekly shop. I know a lot of people, you know, think, oh, if I give up meat and if I go vegetarian, it's going to be so much more expensive. But um, I've, yeah, I've been largely vegetarian for the last um, three years and uh, yeah, yeah, I've saved a lot of money by not buying meat. Um, so, and I've got the, the other, I think the other, one of the other myths about being vegetarian is that there's not a lot of variety that that's also um so untrue there's so much that you can do with um, vegetarian cooking and vegetarian meals so um, it's just a matter of sort of having a few good recipes to start off with and then you you really understand that yeah sky's the limit (laughs) there's a lot that you can do and I think I am a bit of a slow cooker queen. I absolutely love using my slow cooker because I can chop everything up in the morning, throw it in, give it a stir and voila, dinner is cooked. Maybe I just need to make a side dish of rice or pasta to accompany it, but it's just so easy. And um, I make a really great lentil bolognese um, and that has the same consistency as minced meat and I make many amazing soups as well in the slow cooker we're just coming out of winter at the moment and you can just yeah you can make whatever soup you like in the slow cooker and it tastes amazing because it's being cooked slowly and um in summer, I can still do things in the slow cooker, like one of the family favourites is I can do dried beans in the slow cooker um, instead of soaking the beans overnight and then cooking them, they just go into the slow cooker in the morning and cook very slowly for eight hours and they make up an amazing Mexican beans as a filler for burritos or tacos or um yeah, there's just there's so many different things that you can do with um, with beans in uh, in the slow cooker. So yeah, um, yeah, absolutely love it. And this is uh, the tacos and the burritos. It's absolutely a family favorite, and I love it because it has raw salad that goes with it as well. And I grew up with raw salad on the side with practically every dinner time meal. And so I have carried on that tradition with my own family. And so my kids have grown up, you know, being used to having some fresh salad on the side and they eat it. And so that makes me really happy when my kids eat some fresh vegetables. Um, So, and I just, I'm, really busy with my business so cooking um my cooking revolves around three main requirements for me one is that it has to be nutritious two it has to be delicious and three it has to be easy so I enjoy cooking and I totally get the importance of eating well but I don't want to be stuck in the kitchen all day I've got so many other things that I need to do and want to do so I try and be really sort of time efficient with my cooking. 
Um, don't get me wrong, though, um, and think that I'm an absolute angel when it comes to my diet. Uh, although I have cut out caffeine, um, alcohol and sugar in my cups of decaf tea or coffee and replaced it with stevia, I still love the guilty pleasure of a chocolate biscuit or a sweet treat. So I'm not perfect, but I do try and I guess keep things in balance by making sure that I have plenty of, um, you know, fresh vegetables that go into my diet. So the other thing really, I know that my dietary needs have changed over the years too. I used to be able to eat whatever I liked and I never put on an ounce. I think that had a fair amount to do with the amount of stress that was in my life too because I was sort of running on adrenaline at that time just hear that if you are listening and you you can relate to that state of being in constant being in a stressed out state all the time because of what's going on in your life because of an abusive partner then that maybe playing havoc in you know a couple of ways when it comes to your weight it may be that you were like me and that um you're you were just burning everything up because of this you know stressed out state that you were in and um all the adrenaline running through your body all the time and affecting your nervous system so maybe you're like that or you could be the opposite and you could be, you know, using food as a source of comfort and, you know, gaining weight um, because of the stress. So there's lots of different ways that we try and cope with stress. And um, this is just in relation to, to food and diet. Uh, this can play a really big part in whether we're underweight or overweight. Um, this stressful time in our life can really impact on our weight. But now I am um, you know, I've changed. I'm not in that stressed out place that I was in back then when I was in the abusive relationship or those, you know, early years of coming out of the cycle of abuse and not knowing whether uh, this, the situation had settled down and I was going to be able to get on with my life safely with the kids or not. And there was all that, you know, time of negotiating the uncertainties there, which still had me living with a lot of stress and also getting on that path of recovery with PTSD getting to a state in my life where my nervous system was starting to repair. Um, so I needed to wait for all of that to pass before things started to stabilise with my weight and with my health, really, in general. So when I'm talking about all these self-care practices, I want you to put this into the context of where you are at in your life and what you're experiencing because what one person can do, another person will not be able to do because their life has too many other pressures going on at that time to allow them to do certain things. So I want you to just try and extract anything that you can out of all the suggestions that I've made. and pick something that you can start with, okay? And you can always add to this um, self-care list, but 
even if you just start with one thing in one area and do that consistently for a while, then that is going to make a really big difference over time. And as time passes, you may be able to add more to what you're doing. But I would really um, advise you to, well, not advise you, but I'd suggest that you might just want to try small with the self-care and just try and do something very small regularly because you're going to feel much more confident about adding to your self-care practices if you are able to do something consistently. So getting back to what I was talking about with the my own dietary needs changing, now I'm a bit older and I'm in a happy place in my life and my metabolism has slowed down. I have to be more careful about how much I eat and I have to make sure that I'm exercising enough, otherwise I can gain unwanted extra pounds. So, yeah, so we really need to, I don't stress about my weight. I want, yeah, I just want you to know that. it's. I, um, I'm very happy in the skin that I'm in. I'm very happy with my body. Um, I'm very happy to and grateful to have, you know, two hands that that work and legs that work and all, you know, the eyes that see. And I'm just so grateful for the physical body that I have, which helps me to do everything that I do. Um, but I am mindful of trying to keep my weight steady and I don't worry about jumping on the scales. I just go by the way my clothes fit me and that tells me whether I have to be a bit more careful about the quantity, uh, not just the quantity of what I'm eating, how much I'm eating, but also maybe the types of foods that I'm eating. And if I've um, fallen into a bit of a bad habit, because as I said, I'm not perfect. So um, yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker, not only for chocolate, but I don't mind getting into a bag of potato chips or crisps as um, they're called in different places. So, yeah, so I need to be mindful about those sorts of things and say maybe I need to give those a bit of a rest for a while. So um, now I've got a few physical anomalies that I was born with um, that have shown me the importance of listening to my body and and its needs. My body does a really good job of telling me uh, when I need to um, do something in the way of self-care and that needs to be very consistent for me too. Otherwise, um, it will manifest in, in things like chronic pain for me. So I really, you know, need to listen and to what my body needs. And if, if I'm starting to seize up, then I know that it's time to get my body moving. Um, so that's just an example that I'm sharing. So it's like listen to what your body is trying to tell you. And I've learned a lot from trial and error, pushing the boundaries to see what I can and can't do. So being born with some physical issues has really helped me to understand the importance of getting to know how to best take care of myself physically. One thing that I've learned over the years is the importance of physical exercise. 
if we don't exercise our bodies, inflammation and toxins stagnate in our body and cause illness and disease. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I know enough about the way the body works to understand that the way our bodies are designed, we need to get our bodies moving. As much as good nutrition is important with physical self-care, exercise is equally as important. So make daily exercise a non-negotiable. As soon as I have finished recording this episode, I am up off my bum and heading out the door for a walk. So I practice what I preach, I promise you. The minute Minimum amount of recommended exercise per week is roughly five hours of moderate intensity physical activity or two and a half hours of vigorous intensity physical activity. That's the minimum. So you can always add to this if you have the time and the desire to do so. Just remember that physical activity may include things like housework. The point is to get your body moving, get your circulation going and your lymphatic system working and be taking nice big deep breaths to support your immune system. My favourite form of daily exercise is walking. It helps me to get my body moving, gets me out of the house, gets me off my bum and costs nothing, absolutely nothing and helps me to connect with nature, which is really important. With all the lockdowns and restrictions, it is important to find physical activity that you can do either at home or safely out in the community. So things like gyms um, and pools are really things, you know, that you would otherwise go to can, you know, be restricted or you may not be able to access them for certain amounts of time. So try and find things that you can do consistently from home or just by going for a walk and doing things or going, getting on the bike and going for a ride. Um, physical exercise doesn't have to cost the world, okay? Maybe you can't get out for a massage for whatever reason, but you can get a foot spa, which it doesn't cost very much if you don't have one, and pamper yourself by putting in some Epsom salts, turning on the massage setting and just get your circulation going in your feet. Using a foot spa is a great way to just detox and Epsom salts are a cheap way to help draw out the toxins. So you don't have to spend a lot on products to um, be getting the desired results, okay? I am a super thrifty person and this has come about through necessity for the time, through those times in my life where I was in survival mode, I needed to learn to be really resourceful with money and make money stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch to make sure that all of our needs, our basic needs were being met. And this is what you need to do too in the form of self-care, which I'm not even touching on in this episode, is going to be making your money stretch. So because when you have, money can be such a big stress in people's lives. Why? Because we need it for our basic survival, okay? We just need it. We need it to put a roof over our heads. We need it to put food on the table. We need it to pay for the bills, 
There's just those basic needs that we have in life, in our society that we live in, we need to have money. So we need, when we have not got much money we, that is coming in for whatever reason, we need to learn how to make money stretch. So that I will cover in another episode and that is something that I am super skilled at doing. Um, and even though I am not under the, that pressure that I was under any more in, when I was going through the abusive relationship or starting to rebuild my life on the other side of that abusive relationship, I needed to learn how to stretch that money. And that habit has stayed with me now. So, um, you know, even with a million dollars um, in a bank account, I would still choose to make choices about my spending to make sure that they were aligned with making sure that I was not jeopardising my foundation security and that I was using that money to actually improve the quality of my life and the long-term, like the longevity of that money so that going into uh, retirement, that there was that money there for retirement and there was money there also for a legacy for my children. So as I said, I don't want to really go in depth into the whole money thing in this episode, except to say to you when it comes to self-care, do not make money or the lack of money the reason why you don't give yourself self-care because there are plenty of things that you can do in the form of self-care that don't cost anything or cost next to nothing. So um, please listen to all the suggestions that I've made. Look at those things that align with you that cost nothing or cost very little and will not put you under pressure because if you're going to be looking at self-care things that cost a lot of money, then you can make that the reason that you're not able to give yourself self-care. And I'll give you an example of myself <laughs> and something that I did when I was um, in that abusive relationship. I just had this desire to uh, go off on a retreat I thought this is the answer to my prayers all I need is I need to go to a wellness retreat um, and this wellness retreat is called the golden door and it's a gorgeous gorgeous place and it costs a lot of money to go to the golden door so in my mind I was thinking that I needed this beautiful uh, environment where I was going to be able to meditate in nature that I would be, need to have you know the herbal teas and just be eating vegetarian, you know, whole foods and that I would be practicing yoga and resting, relaxing, walking, re-energizing and all of this would only cost me about $5,000 for like a weekend or something ridiculous, you know. 
um, that was completely unachievable for me. But because I was so in need of this respite from the constant stress that I was under, I had my eyes fixed on this unattainable goal at that time. And it was a very specific goal, but it was a, it was not an achievable goal for me. And so I felt very disappointed because I was unable to do that. And I neglected to take time out to do some of those things that I just mentioned, which I could very easily do in my own home or in my own space. So, you know, I could have found the time at night when my children were asleep to do that meditation, that time of meditation or first thing in the morning. But because all of the stress and everything was there, of course, I was like this whole house was toxic that I was living in. So I understand that as well. But if you can allow yourself to get outside of those four walls that are so toxic and take yourself into nature, that costs nothing to do. And if you can just take yourself off to um, a quiet park where you can just sit down in the grass and close your eyes and feel the stillness of that environment and listen to the sounds that are around you with the, the birds singing and uh, maybe the wind, you know, the breeze rustling through the trees and just connect with nature for even if it's five minutes it will totally change your day. So please learn from my experience. <laughs> that no, you don't have to go off to a retreat like the Golden Door. You can, the, th the things that I really want to impart and, and share with you are ways where you can tap into the same sorts of things that you would be experiencing at a retreat like the Golden Door, but do them without it costing an arm and a leg and make it super achievable for you so that you can reap the benefits of these things in your life now and not wait until you've got $5,000 to go off and do a retreat. So, yeah, so I just want to get back to this now. And, yeah, so what, there was a suggestion in there, you know, to go on a vacation as a way to do that sort of physical self-care. Now, there's lots of reasons why people can't go on vacations right now and vacations are looking very different at the moment to the way that they used to look pre-COVID where we we're all jumping on planes, trekking off here, there and everywhere. Um now we're lucky if we can, you know, at the moment where I live, you can't go more than five kilometres away. So <laughs> so uh, what are you going to do if you can't, uh, if you can't get five, more than five kilometres away in terms of having a vacation? This is what I've got to suggest, okay? Do something to revitalise by just carving out a solid block of time as you would if you were going on a vacation and have a no work day. So just say, because one day bleeds into the next at the moment and they all look very much the same. There's not much to um, distinction between a weekday and a weekend. And you speak to people and they've forgotten what day of the week it is because every day just seems the same. We're sort of in this groundhog mode at the moment. And 
it's up to us to break that groundhog state and get out of it. So what can we do? So we've gotten through Monday to Friday, that we've got no work commitments over the weekend. What do we do? We carve out a day or two days over the weekend to do our own getaway within our own four walls. So just do things that you would do if you were on a holiday do you know give yourself a facial do that nice long walk and you know the the 5k walk and sit down you know wherever it is in nature and take 10 minutes of just sitting in stillness read a book you know get out in the garden and just sit in your garden and do some reading Get together with your kids and play a game. Get an old-fashioned board game out. Monopoly, you might be there for a very long time. <laughs> Jenga's a good one. Uno's a good one. There are lots and lots of great games that you can play with your kids. Do some colouring. Colouring is just transportative. It just, everything goes into this colour and the form of the, of the picture that's on the page and you just lose yourself in that for that time. Give yourself a manicure. Stop and smell the roses, but plan for it, okay? Just as you would if you were going on a vacation, block it out in your diary and schedule it in with the things you plan to do. So, and let your family know about it. So if you're if you're a single mum and you're there with your kids, let the kids know we're, we're having a vacation this weekend and this is what we're going to do on our vacation and maybe plan it with them. Say, what would you like to do? Um, you know, even if it's something you've got a tent and you're up for camping, uh, you know, the weather's okay and you're up for camping for a night in the, your backyard or whatever with your kids, just do something different, okay, because they say that change is as good as a holiday. So don't think that there'll be no gain from doing something like that there'll be so many positives to doing that instead of just staying in this routine of just doing 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 carve out time to do something different do something special with your kids create some memories with your kids and you'll feel amazing so the next thing on the list is social self-care and this is a tricky one with covid um, social self-care involves spending time with the people that are important to you and it's easy to neglect relationships when life gets busy but it's important for our well-being to nurture these relationships so rather than allow the restrictions to get you down schedule in regular phone calls send caring messages organize facetime or video calls to have that face-to-face -face contact when you can't physically get together being isolated from family and friends is something that happens to victims and survivors of abuse at the best of times so it's let alone being in this time with covid so it's really important to find ways to create recreate some social connections even if you're able to get out for a walk once a day and call a friend or a family member on a walk anything that you can do to make that connection is really really important even if you're just writing a card or a letter and you're you post it 
go back to the old school way of going and buying a pack of stamps, get some nice little, you know, thinking of your cards, blank cards, write your little, you know, message on there and send it off. Kids absolutely love getting things in the post. It's a real novelty for them. So don't forget this old school method of communication. It's just lovely getting a letter and um, there's so much that you can say when you write and this can also be really, really cathartic for you of helping you get some of the stuff that you're carrying around inside of you out into a piece of paper that gets mailed off to somebody that you care about okay um tell them how you feel about them how much you miss them how much you look forward to seeing them again and last on the list is professional self-care and it's not really talking about the thing that I was talking about earlier with getting onto counseling and making sure that if you need some counseling support you go and get that but Professional self-care involves maintaining that work-life balance that often eludes us as well as feeling fulfilled in your career, which I know many, uh, you know, women either, you know, have disruptions in their working life for reasons such as having children, um, victims and survivors of abuse will more than likely have had many disruptions to their working life because of what's happening in their abusive relationships or coming out of those abusive relationships and they need to um, heal their lives to be in a fit state to be back in the workforce again doing the things that they would like to do and being able to be consistent with those sorts of um, responsibilities. So, um, but this work-life balance is something that eludes, you know, pretty much everyone a lot of the time. It's really hard to keep these things in balance. And I mention that because it's something that we can often, you know, give ourselves a hard time for thinking we should be further along, we should be doing a better job of juggling everything we want to be everything, you know, we want to be everything for everyone. We want to be capable and be able to, you know, be uh, working and bringing in the income, be the mum, be, you know, be the partner, be just be everything, be the, the good sister, the good friend, the, you know, just there's so many things that we, we want to be in our lives and it's, um, a real challenge to keep this in balance all of the time for many, many, many different reasons. So it's not something that we should give ourselves a hard time about, but it is good to have some good routines. So some examples include, you know, just things, simple things like sticking to your lunch breaks, not eating at your desk, having some work-free time off, creating boundaries at your workplace by learning how to say no and giving yourself permission to switch off after hours. This is especially important now that so many of us work from home. It is much more challenging to put clear boundaries around our work than going off to a place of work where you arrive at a set time and leave at a set time. As a home-based online business entrepreneur, I have had to create structure around my day 
to try to keep the work-life balance working well. It is easy to put in too many hours with work and it is easy to let the home stuff creep into my work time, especially when trying to oversee three teenagers doing remote learning. I have had to get super, super intentional about my time to be able to keep achieving my business goals and be there for my family too. As a woman, I know what it is like to try to do everything I need to do, try and stay on top of everything I need to stay on top of. And I know what it is like to try and be everything I need to be for everyone to keep everyone I come into contact with in my life happy. But I've learned over the years and I've learned this often the hard way that I need to make self-care non-negotiable. If I go down because I am completely worn out, then I am no good to anyone, least of all myself. So as much as I want to fool myself that I'm superwoman, I know that if I want to have any superpowers at all, I need to devote regular time to self-care. But the last thing I want to do is to make you feel pressured about self-care. The idea is for you to find self-care practices that fit into your day, just like brushing your teeth. You don't neglect brushing your teeth. Why? because it only takes a minute and you know the benefits that this quick and simple daily habit will have cumulatively over time for your dental health. It is the same with all self-care practices. They are all cumulative. They all add up over time and allow you to fill your cup so that you can overflow with an abundance of energy to pour into all the important areas of your life. If you put down any daily reminder, write this down on a post-it note and put it on your bathroom mirror. Self-care is not a luxury. It is a necessity. Okay, that's it for this week. Hope you can carve out some time for your self-care so you can look, feel and be your best. Sending you lots of love light and blessings sandy we all go through dark times when we do we often feel alone this is a safe space for you to come and look for some light i'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time i had no voice because i was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support 
with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset. Spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.